This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Uh, we hope you all had a great weekend. Derek, uh, we're now – we expected some news this week on the U.K. basketball front, and it happened today in the form of Davion Mintz de- declaring for the NBA draft. He is leaving open the option to return to Kentucky but this has been a domino that we've kind of been waiting just to fall one way or the other for, what, six to eight weeks now, seems like. Yeah, and I guess I would say my opening impression of this, well, first of all, I want to say, Sean, good job on running solo Friday on the Nolan Hickman episode. It came at a time, right, when I was leaving for the weekend, as the figures, right? We had a whole other episode scheduled that ultimately we didn't get to run, so... We were prepared for news that day, Sean, just not the news that actually happened. Uh, but, yeah, today we're both here for the Davion stuff. And I guess my initial impression of this, Sean, is, like, why – I guess why is this coming out now? Like, has – I don't know. I just – in your mind, has anything really changed besides, like, an update as to where he stands? Like, I kind of was under the whole impression that this is how he was going to be operating regardless. Well, see, that's the thing that's so confusing is, you know, me, me and you were talking about this exact scenario this morning. And the confusing part is – like we, I felt like if he was going to announce, it was going to be, "Hey, I'm gone," or "Hey, I'm coming back." I didn't know that it would be this this late, because it's yeah. still it's kind of, it's still up in the air. Like it's clear that there hasn't been an official decision. He's just testing the process, and then now I don't think the NBA is what Mintz is doing. Obviously, it's going to either be Kentucky or professional overseas, right? That that would be my guess. Yeah, he's not going to get drafted. And. And I thought, like you said, I, th- I thought if this was what it was going to be, that this probably could have been announced prior to B.J. Boston and all those guys. That's what I was – yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. I agree with you there. Like, I don't know why why this is really news. But let's let's say he is gone, though, because that, that's that's kind of where I lean. I don't know where you lean on it now. Where do you stand? I, I stand that he's he's not going to be back. That, that's where I stand, but it, it just doesn't make sense why he's leaving that op- option open, though. Like I just, I'm this has puzzled me ever since the season ended, because right before the season ended, I think we were all on this push that we thought he was going to come back, and then we hit that little area there where we're like, no, he's not coming back. <laughs> so I'd finally, I thought, <laughs> accepted that there was not going to be Davion Mintz on this roster, and then Nolan Hickman decided to decommit on Friday, which then started making me think does this mean that he's coming back? But there's still a possibility, Derek, from other things that Mintz is still going to leave Kentucky even if he moves his, removes his name from the draft. 
Yeah, I'm kind of to the point where, like, this has nothing to do with UK anymore, I don't think. I mean, it's nothing to do with minutes. Uh, I think he sees an obvious, very clear path at Kentucky to playing a lot. It, it probably is just kind of figuring out if he leaves this year, where where will he end up for, for his professional opportunities? You know, what opportunities will he have? If it's something he's not satisfied with, maybe he can get the feedback to know, like, hey, if I do go back to UK and do perform well, will I maybe have better opportunities next year? I don't – that's kind of why I've always leaned towards him leaving because I don't think it's going to matter. Like, I don't think he's averaging 11 points on next year's Kentucky team. Like, I don't think he will be – well, if they add prior, people, <laughs> prior till recently, I would have thought he wouldn't have had as big of a role, but maybe he will if he comes back with Hickman leaving. Um, I, only thing I know is that UK's backcourt is down to what two guys now: Kel, yeah. Kellen Grady and uh, Dante Allen, which is just crazy. Uh, in May, in May, May that's what it is. <laughs> Obviously, it's not going to end up that way. They're going to get other guards, um, but. Even if C.J. Frederick does decide to come to UK now, I mean that he just he fits right in there with Grady and Allen. You're not talking about a guy who's going to play on the ball, so they're at a spot where you're wondering, you know, Hickman. I think a lot of people viewed as maybe um, best case he could maybe if he played really really well he could take over by the end of the year, but not someone who was going to be relied upon heavily at first. So I think you're probably looking at what two point guards now that Triana want to take. Yeah, can. and I thought Mintz was like a swing guy. If he came back, he could kind of do either. Like he'd be there for you if you needed him to, but maybe he wouldn't be the main guy. But if the main guy was at foul trouble, anything happened, Mintz could handle it. He showed last year. I mean, those last few games of the year, 23, I think 23 assists to three turnovers, small sample against teams that weren't great, um, but still did a good job. And now you're kind of at a point where it's just like, I'm starting to lean back towards that, I guess in the sense that I don't think Cal has some big plan that's going to suddenly put them right back in the mix. You know what I mean? I don't think (laughs) – one, and I didn't list all the podcasts yet on Friday. Maybe you touched on this. One, were we a little – not naive. I don't know. It just never occurred to me that maybe Nolan Hickman would be wavering when Tony Barbie left. No. Who – I've never thought that Kentucky was a place where recruits would – put everything on an assistant coach in that relationship. I just, I never thought Kentucky was that type of place. I always thought that Kentucky with recruits was in good standing because it's Sean Calipari and because it's Kentucky. Yeah. Maybe it's just a new, a new time. I know he's got the, I think he said what homesickness was a thing, which is a little odd when he's not even moved yet. Right. And he moved away. I know he did move away to go to his final year of high school basketball, but he's not even at UK yet. So, well, and he it was just matter, actively though. he was just actively recruiting Tata Washington like two weeks ago. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. Again, it's whatever. Like the kid can make the decision he wants to, whatever the excuse well, is. Like, you'd much rather him make it now than make it what in June, or, yeah, or at the or end get, of May, or or get there and be miserable, you know? <laughs> yeah, and want to leave Deering. So, for whatever reason it is, it doesn't really matter. The, the main takeaway is he ain't going to be there. So you got to figure out what to do otherwise, and I think uh, whether you think it's a big loss or not really a loss at all, like it's still, I think, surprising to Cal, and you're finding yourself now in a spot where you're trying to figure out where else to go. Well, and uh, at point guard, I don't really know where they're going to go. Ty Ty is still available, Ty Ty Washington. Uh, not heard a lot really since Terrence Clark, uh, Clark passed away. I've really not heard too much with that recruitment. Um, and, then, and then the college options, you got Marcus Carr still and what, Sevier Wheeler. 
Yeah, is there anybody else I'm missing? Like, those are kind of the only guys at this point that they've been linked with. So there could yeah. still be more guys go, more guys who are testing the waters. Maybe they get feedback that say they should go back. Perhaps that adds a few pieces. But I don't know. Sean, is that where do you come down on this whole, uh, well, Cal's got a plan? Like, you, you think he's got a plan? Well, I, th- I thought that was I thought that was what it was Friday when I recorded that episode. I, I, in the back of my mind, I said that's the only way this kind of makes sense. But as the weekend went along, you kind of find out that I don't think Kentucky was prepared for what the news that came Friday. I mean, obviously there were some rumblings out there and they were so small, Derek, that I don't think any of us really even looked into Nolan Hickman decommitting from Kentucky. And I don't think that Cal just has some plan. I don't think that there's guys lined up ready to come in and then Nolan Hickman's like, well, I'm out because we don't even know who those guys are right now, Derek. Is I mean, is it Wheeler? Is Wheeler really scaring off Nolan Hickman and a McDonald's All-American? I mean, you're a McDonald's no, All-American. No. Are you really that scared of Marcus Carr or anyone else that's coming in? If you're one of the top 25, top, top 30 players in the country? I don't think so. No, I wouldn't think so. So that's the thing that it's – Kentucky's in a spot now where we knew that there were there were three things that Kentucky had to address. One was a physical big, and they've got that in Sheboy. The other thing was perimeter shooting. They've added that in Grady. We expect them to add another one along with Dante Allen. That is, that's solved. And then the big one, Derek, was what? A point guard that can break things down and set the table for all these other pieces that we're talking about. And now there is not one on the roster as it stands right now on May 3rd. There is no point guard on this roster. So we're not talking about having to add one. Yeah. We're literally talking about having to add two. And it can still pan out. I mean, they it can end up in a spot where they, they, they get guys. It's just uh, I think the main thing to know right now is, like, we're not – I just don't know that we really know where that's going to come from. And I will I, see Tata Washington this weekend at the Iverson Classic. So that that could be interesting to see where he things – have a timeline on when he wants to do things? I don't think so. I've not heard anything. Obviously, when he released that top six, you had to think it was coming by, what, mid-May at the latest? Well, in a lot of ways, too, man. If they if they get Tata Washington, you're kind of back in the same spot with Hickman. It's just you don't have the two-point, the two-freshman yeah. point guard. You could still get a – you could stop the freshman and then still want to add somebody else. And uh, Do you think that they're going to add someone, though, that's not even a possible – that's not even a target right now? Like someone that maybe is testing the NBA draft process that has not officially said, hey, I'm going to transfer – Maybe somebody that will take their name out of the draft and then announce that they're entering the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, I would I would think there are a few guys like if that's the route they decided to go. Um, I I probably won't even say any names just because I don't want to start a whole speculation thing. But yeah, like I think there are guys that are fringe NBA draft picks this year who are good college players at point guard that are exploring their options, and if they decide they want to return to college then I could see I could see uh UK getting involved it's just I don't I don't know how long that's gonna take I mean that could be another month or more and um I don't know interesting news uh you know with with Mance just because it's like one foot kind of out the door but maybe not all the way he can still come back if he wants to uh Cal's obviously very patient with these guys he I think he truly does want what's best for them um, but with Davion, I mean, his, his, it's just like, he's in different waters 
in terms of his professional opportunities than a BJ Boston or, or well, probably a better comparison is Isaiah Jackson because they're both, you know, doing the I'm declaring, but I'm still might come back. Like Jackson's trying to decide if he could actually be a top five pick next year, like he's being sold on, or if he can still go in the lottery this year. I think ultimately he's going to end up being in the lottery, so he's still going to go. Um, but Mance, you know, he's not he's not in. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Kind of, he's not in that first round deal. He's not. He's probably pretty much in the undrafted territory. They're trying to figure out, you know, even if he goes undrafted, maybe there's going to be a team that likes him. He can get on with, or Europe, somewhere else where he can go play. I don't really know. And again, for Mintz, like, it is what it is with him. I think he'd be a great piece. But I, I, I Davion has been in college a long time. Like, he wouldn't even be allowed to come back next year if it wasn't for the COVID rules. Like for him, I don't blame him at all if he doesn't want to come back to school for another year. It's just um, probably even maybe a surprise to him. He's turned out to be like a much bigger piece to next year's puzzle than maybe he even would have thought when last season ended. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. When he signed with Kentucky a year ago last month, he didn't have this decision in his mind. He didn't think he was going to have to make this decision of whether or not to return to Kentucky or just pursue a professional career. Mintz went into that year thinking, hey, this is my last shot, and he performed at a very high level. Derek and put himself I think in a better position to be a pro than what he was before he got to Kentucky. Now I think it comes down to, is there any way there's two things. One, do I want to go back and and enjoy the college basketball process one more year and actually maybe get the full effect of it at Rupp arena playing the NCAA tournament? Or do I look at this and think, okay, th- these are my options to be a professional right now. If I work on a, B and C, can I go up a level and get a better, you know, position as a professional basketball player. But then what you're doing is you're running the risk of injury. This is a guy that had has injuries in his past. And, and you, like you mentioned, older. He's not 19, 20 years old. So there's a lot of decisions that go into this. But I'm, I'm to a point now where I think just what we know about UK's roster and what's out there in the portal as it stands, Kentucky needs Davion Mintz. Yeah, if they don't get him, they certainly have to add – couple of guys at least. If he that, doesn't uh, come back, they get three guards, in my opinion. They get two point guards, and they get one more wing. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. They got the but, forwards figured out. I mean, but what do you do if you're Cal though, Derek? And you know, here's Mintz. Are you just talking to him? Do you think maybe Mintz is? I'm sure Mintz has given Cal an, a, like, hey, I'm leaning this way, because yep. you're also John Calipari, who's sitting here saying, look, we we can't just sit on this. You know, this has to be. You would, I guess, in my mind, I, I feel like that this news should have been announced four or five weeks ago getting feedback and now getting to this point where you kind of make your mind up, hey, am I coming back or am I moving on? Because given where Kentucky is with its backcourt, I don't think John Calipari can just afford to sit and play a waiting game with anyone, even guys that have declared from his own roster. And now what does Keon Brooks do? Does Keon Brooks follow this same path in declare just to test the waters because he did not do that last year? Or does he just announce, hey, that I'm coming back? which his doesn't impact the roster as significantly as Mintz does because I feel like that Keon, I don't think they'll add a front court piece if Keon comes back, but if Keon leaves, I could see them adding one more front court piece. Yeah, you're talking about the backcourt, adding three more. Like I don't think Frederick, if he chooses Kentucky, I don't think he's, um, I, I guess, affected. Like I don't think this news today has anything to do with him. I think they were taking him whether uh, Mintz came back or not. So, in that three guard scenario, if he's one of them, then you're talking about two more point guards, and that's just. Uh, I still think the ideal scenario is is Ty Ty, and then a, and then a college guard. I, I just, it'd be interesting. I think to add two college point guards, it would. I just don't really know how. I think it could work. I just don't know, because one of those guys is what are they going to do, Sean? They're signing up probably for fewer minutes as a transfer already, versus going somewhere else where they could play a lot more. And I think that's just yeah. a tough sell. It is. I think it's a tough and, sell to, to do. And think about this. I know I've mentioned it probably three or four weeks ago, and I know I mentioned it on Sources Say the other day, but, Derek, if Tata Washington does not come to Kentucky, Kentucky is going to start five experienced players next year if Keon Brooks comes back. there won't be They won't start a freshman for the first time in the Calipari era because I expect Brooks to start at the fourth if he comes back, Sheboy at the five, and then Grady's penciled in, whoever they get as a point guard transfer, and then I would think someone else there at the three with experience. That's hard to believe that that actually could happen, which is something fans have been screaming for, right, that they wanted more experience, and they very well could have it. This roster could have two incoming freshmen on it, Derek, if they don't add someone from high school. Yeah, down to the 30th ranked class in the country. What, what do <laughs> you think the point. chances are, though, and I don't want to really entertain it a ton, but – Let's say this thing gets to late May, June, and you get word that Marcus Carr is not taking his name out of the draft or someone else isn't taking their name out of the draft or transferring. Do you have to Do you have to start looking at a reclass then? I had that thought today. Um, at, at what point does it get to where maybe you would push Scott? I know Scott says he's staying in 2022, and maybe that would be best for him. And maybe even best for UK potentially uh, if it went bad. But I had that thought. I mean, you you have to. I don't know. This is still so new having to figure out a roster this late. Didn't Olivia Sar commit around this time a year ago? It was something like that. Seems like it was late May. Late May. Okay. But that that was the that was the nail. Like, that was it. That's the. the I roster think he went into the out. portal around this time last year. Okay. I mean, I don't see a resolution on Kentucky's roster for at least another month. No. And I, could, I could see us sitting here in June still 
talking about this. I do think that they're going to get some good news soon. I have a I have a feeling that they are going to get. I mean, that's the thing, right? Right now, it hasn't been much good news. Obviously, they're expecting good news with the coaching staff, and I know the fans are really invested in that. But it, I think some good roster news will have to follow pretty soon, Derek. This has been Hickman decommit, Mintz declare for the draft, which I know isn't awful news because he's still leaving open the option to return. But from the sense that I'm getting on social media when I posted a story, fans are panicking right now, like thinking that Cal's lost his recruiting touch because Mintz didn't come back. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm – yeah, I mean, I wouldn't – I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. Like I said, with Mintz, like – all along, I thought it probably made sense for him to, to move on unless he just really wanted to have that college experience. Because I don't think professionally it helps him at all to come back next year. I mean, I wouldn't say at all. I mean, maybe a little, but, like, he'll be, like, close to 25 years old, won't he? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually. I mean, I just think I might even hurt you more like, in terms of the NBA thing. Like, no one's drafting someone that old or investing a lot of money into him. So it's like, if you have good opportunities this year, it probably makes sense to leave. The Hickman stuff is where I would – if I was a fan, maybe I'd get a little bit concerned just because you don't really think that's part of the plan. And maybe it was just – I know a lot of fans were excited to get Antigua, uh, which is still not official, but all indications are he'll be here. It might be official by the time we get on recording this. Who knows? Um, but that's kind of the trade off he had with the recruit. And, again, if someone didn't love Hickman, like it is what it is. But um, Kentucky's going to get – they're going to get guys. Like that's – there are 1,500 dudes in the portal. Like they're going to get probably some quality options. It's just, uh, you know, it's it might, they might not be in there yet. And people's minds will change if if. See, I, I said I was going to speculate names, but just for the sake of it, like <laughs> if Marcus Zagorowski or uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. Some of these guys have declared for the draft who aren't really popping up on boards. Like if they pull their names out and say they're going to transfer, like then people's minds will change again. But as of May 3rd, when we record this, like, I, I, I get it, like, the the kind of doubt. Like, I had that initial reaction today. It's like, man, they, they might be in a bad spot. But you would think things will work out. Uh, it's just going to take longer than everybody's used to, I think, for, yeah. for things to work out. It is. And this isn't the the final twist and turns that we'll experience with this offseason. I think that there's going to be a lot of those days where you think Kentucky – it looks significantly better in Lexington. I think you're going to still have those moments where you're like, is Kentucky really going to be significantly better than what they were? But I want to, I'm holding off on reaction until we know what this final roster looks like, Derek. I, I told people okay. Friday on that episode, I said, you can be, be concerned, but don't panic yet. Because like you mentioned, there's 1,500 names in the portal and some that could still possibly go in. So I would hold off on the panic. I, I, do I think Kentucky's going to be better than a 9-16 and 16 team? Absolutely. Am I saying they're going to be Final Four contender? No, not yet, because I want to see what it looks like. But will they be better? I, I think they already have better pieces. I think they've added better pieces in Sheboy and Grady. And it should be noted, too, that Grady can slide over and play the one if needed, but that's not what you want to have to do. I think you want option one, and I think you want backup option two. And preferably, I think option two needs to be able to play off the ball as well. And then that would be your perfect backcourt at UK. I don't know who those guys are right now, but it's going to be interesting to follow, Derek, in the in the coming weeks. But we'll see. I, it's about time for Kentucky to get some positive news in basketball, right? Surely. Yeah, and that'll come. That'll be here soon. Yeah, it will. And, we, and we'll and we be sure to get into that. But we wanted to hop on here and record something 
uh, short on Davion Mintz. We just wanted to get that out there to you because we know you all are wanting to discuss it. And we'll go more in depth as we go throughout this week. Who knows what breaks this evening, Derek, like you mentioned. I mean, it's right now it's almost 3 p.m. Eastern time. We still got a whole evening worth of news and things that could happen. But uh, we're back ready for another month at Kentucky Daily. I'm excited. A really solid April. That was our best month we've ever had, Derek. So I know that we're very appreciative of what's going on uh, with our followers and our listeners and everyone interacting with the show. Get ready for a mailbag at some point this week. Uh, but you have anything else to add, Derek, before we wrap it up here? Uh, I'm good. Sounds good. Derek will be a married man here in a few weeks. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we, I got some, we're going to have some episodes planned and stuff for that, but be ready for a wild month on basketball and also uh, everything football. I know football commitments and stuff uh, might have some commitment news this week, Derek. Yeah, coming uh, Friday, Alex Safari. So keep your eyes on that one. And then I'll be, like I said, at the Iverson Classic. I'll be sure I might check in with an episode or something from down there uh, for you all because I know you'll be locked in and invested on that as well. But he's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.